You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into a live postcast of Locked On Wolves. The Timberwolves defeated the Memphis Grizzlies in game four their first round series on Saturday night at Target Center. Uh, I'm here with Chalenga. I'm Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. We're going to break the game down. Immediate reaction, Chalenga. We're live. It's it's after midnight. It's Sunday now. This is a late start. Uh, what, what What's your immediate reaction? What was Target Center like tonight? Oh, I mean, uh, Target Center started off rock. I mean, Saturday night, right? 9 p.m. start. People were feeling themselves. Um, I will say as the game went on, and there was, uh, you know, a lot of fouls being called. Some of the energy waned, but by the fourth quarter, all the energy was back. It was, it was rocking. It was really great to be here tonight. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, this was this was a back and forth game. There was, I, don't, I mean, there's so many ways we could take this. The Timberwolves played well early. Uh, this was competitive throughout. Obviously, it ended up being a one point game, but it was it was really a two possession game at the end. The Grizzlies made a meaningless three pointer at the buzzer. Um, I mean, from the start of the game, the Timberwolves were were competitive. It was like the first quarter of every game in the series has been really, really like tightly contested. A lot of a lot of foul calls, a lot of free throws, um, and the Timberwolves attempted 18 free throws in the first quarter. They attempted zero in the second quarter as Memphis kind of punched back. This was, a, I think, a two-possession game at halftime. Really kind of back and forth all night. I, I, kind of like the series to this point where it was kind of a game of runs. Um, but neither team got out by more than, I think the Wolves led by 13 at one point in the first half, but it was never, you know, that was kind of a, an outlier. It was mostly a, a two-three possession game throughout. Um, and, and I was impressed with the Timberwolves' ability to kind of bounce back when, when they allowed Memphis to make a run. The Wolves you know, uh, not like what they did in games two and three, were able to kind of stop that and then make a little run of their own. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the thing that I loved about this game was there was a, a level of composure that maybe was missing in the last game, um, yeah. especially down the stretch. And, you know, I think it, it really helps. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns got going right away. He had the opening bucket on a three-pointer um, and, you know, when, when when Carl sees the the basket or the ball go in the bucket right away on a three, you know, it kind of signals like good things could come. And they certainly did. What, he had th- 33 points and 14 rebounds? Yeah. Um, I mean, quite the bounce back game after he just got totally dragged by national media, local media, Twitter. I mean, everyone was dragging Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit more about Towns. So I thought, um, I mean, exactly what you said. He's He's... Um, he was locked in. He was aggressive. He was appropriately aggressive. You said he knocked down that three. He got fouled a couple of possessions later and he was very, um, very measured in his response, right? Like he wasn't overly hyped. He wasn't, uh, you know, complaining to the officials consistently throughout the game. There was a little bit of it, but it wasn't, you know, there's kind of those two versions of Carl Anthony Towns where he's kind of bombastic in the way that he responds to, to, to situations or he's more more determined and stoic. And he was the determined stoic Carl Anthony Towns for much of this game. Um, and, and the wolves, I think it actually took the, he had a big first quarter. A lot of that was more just him being aggressive, appropriately aggressive. They ran a couple of plays for him to get some shots, but I think it took until the second half before the wolves really started using him 
uh, intelligently, right? frankly. I mean, they started, they had him taking the ball in the perimeter more like we saw a lot in the second half of the regular season where he was trying to take guys off the dribble. The Grizzlies only used Steven Adams a little bit. I think it was second quarter. Otherwise, it was smaller guys guarding Towns. And finally, the Wolves said, okay, we'll give the ball to Towns. And Towns said, okay, I'll be aggressive. Hit a couple of straight line drives where he got and ones, a beautiful Euro step and an and one on a reverse layup. Um, and they used him at the elbow a little bit more, at the elbows a little bit more, in the middle of the floor, where obviously it's a lot harder to double team there. They didn't do a lot of that the last couple of games. And to me, that was a that was a big game plan shift. And I don't think they did much of it first half. It was really more second half. And it was super, um, super successful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw less doubling overall, overall by Memphis. They were, you know, letting Towns go one-on-one and he was winning. Um, you know, the, the couple times they did uh, double, Towns either... Like if if he didn't see the the immediate cut by Ant or or Bando or whoever you know were were on the wing and in the dunker spot, he would just get down low, go split the double team and try to attack the basket aggressively, which I, I love to see. I love to see an aggressive, you know, intentional Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and and another player we should shout out. Well, we should. I mean, there's there's several guys who had good games, but Jordan McLaughlin to me was probably the next most important player in this game. He only played 14 minutes, but he scored 16 points in 14 minutes. Was five of six shooting, made all four of his three point attempts. I think he had two first half, two second half, um, added in two rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, really kind of was the answer to Tyus Jones. Uh, really outplayed Tyus Jones by quite a bit in this game, in my opinion. And Tyus Jones is arguably the best backup point guard in the league. Uh, you know, Timberwolves fans know more than anybody besides maybe Grizzlies fans. He's the assist to turnover ratio king. There's a lot of similarities between Tyus and, and J-Mac, uh, uh, little J-Mac, Jordan McLaughlin. And McLaughlin outplayed Tyus Jones. He won his matchup in this game. And it was a huge factor, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, the things we can expect from J-Mac every time we see him play is that he's going to keep the pace up and he's going to play competitive defense. We saw him get a couple steals, um, which led to fast breaks. But the, the thing that we can't always count on with J-Mac is his shot making. And tonight he was knocking down threes. And it, it, if he's if he's shooting like that, he becomes like such a, a more dangerous weapon for the Timberwolves offense because he does all the little things right. Um, and And so as long as he's knocking down threes, he's, you know, he, he, he needs to have a spot in this rotation. Yeah. And, and what was your opinion on? So Chris Finch was also outside Carl Anthony Towns. Chris Finch was probably the next most maligned person uh, on the Timberwolves sideline or bench uh, after the game three loss, the collapse uh, because of the lack of called timeouts, some rotation stuff. Um, in my opinion, he had a better performance in this game. Finch, I'm talking about. He did some weird stuff with the rotation. There was a brief three-point guard lineup in the fourth quarter. Um, and I mentioned they made some adjustments at halftime that I feel like could have been made earlier. But generally speaking, I thought this was a better game for Chris Finch. What are your thoughts on on, on uh, Finch tonight? Yeah, I would agree with you there. You know, I think one of the strings that he pulled tonight was uh, we saw a lot less Beasley. He, I, Be- yeah. Beasley played 11, and, uh, 11 minutes. Um, and... You know, part of it is because Malik was really getting burned defensively. There mm-hmm. were a lot of plays where he lost track of his assignment off ball, got burned while he was guarding on ball. Um, and so we saw a lot more uh, Jordan McLaughlin. We saw Torian Prince come in and sub out Malik in, in some of those lineups. In fact, Chris Finch a couple times immediately after he saw that Malik sort of fell asleep on an assignment, here comes TP to, to come sub him out, which I thought was great. You know, fix it right away. Yeah, the minutes were even more as would be expected in the playoffs. And and this isn't 
wasn't technically an elimination game, but I think everyone knows that the Wolves had lost this game for all intents and purposes. This series would have basically been over and we saw the starters play even heavier minutes. All five starters played at least 35 minutes at the last. I don't, I'd have to go back and look, obviously the last time Patrick Beverly played 37 minutes in a game hasn't happened often in his career. I don't think he had 17 and five was really good. Anthony Edwards was fantastic. Um, more of a kind of a, it wasn't like a dominant Anthony Edwards performance. He had that, that knee injury scare in the first quarter, but, um, he was consistent throughout. He made his first four three-point attempts and then missed his last four, but um, a, a really well-balanced attack from Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell was quiet, struggled again with his shot, but hit a big, a couple of big shots late uh, in the fourth quarter. Jared Vanderbilt was very good. It was, it was just kind of a consistent, well-rounded performance in terms of the Wolves' offense. And um, as sloppy as they were at times and, and as bad as the half-court offense was at times, um, it was still a really fun game. And, and you mentioned the execution at the end of the game. Uh, this thing was, was really kind of hanging in the balance. It was a two possession game for much of the second half of the fourth quarter. And Minnesota was punching right back with Memphis. We should talk about defensively the job they did on John Morant. He scored 11 points, but he was, I think he had two points at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, he made one basket. Yeah. Uh, and I think he had a couple free throws. So I think he had four points. Yeah. And he had 15 assists in the game and only two turnovers, which looks nice, but that's, that's kind of the point is you'd rather have jaw have a high assist game and a, a low or an inefficient scoring night too. He only attempted three free throws. This is a guy who attempted 20 free throws in game one, one of the league's best at getting to the line. He attempted three free throws. The wolves were collapsing on him defensively in the paint, making him give the ball up or make a tough decision. And they somehow were doing it without fouling him at the rim. And, and obviously Minnesota still fouled a lot. You know, the Grizzlies still attempted 25 free throws, which mm-hmm. was, you know, a lot less than the wolves 40. So the wolves won the free throw battle by quite a bit. And that was really important. But for the most part, the wolves did a great job defensively on John this game and uh, clearly stepped it up following the game three collapse. Yeah. You know, I actually wrote a little bit about this, uh, uh, just yesterday, uh, article came out today about like the Wolves have uh, solved the hardest piece of the Memphis Grizzlies puzzle, and that is John ja Morant. And so, you know, if the Grizzlies can't figure out how to get Ja going again, which you know, that's a, it's a hard ask to three games in a row of shutting down John ja Morant. But yeah. if if he keeps shooting like this, then it, it, things are looking good for the Wolves. And you know, great credit to to Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly who are on him a lot. Um, they they did a great job. Yeah. And and for me, the biggest takeaway, we can kind of, you know, look at peek ahead to game five here is the way that the Wolves were able to slow down Jaw, like we just talked about. And then also the Wolves adjustment to get Towns more in the middle of the floor. And I don't know why this didn't happen sooner, more on the perimeter, because in the first half of this game, he was getting the ball in the mid post and the low post. The Grizzlies were crashing him with double teams. Um, We saw kind of waves of, you know, Xavier Tillman started, but only played 60 minutes. Brandon Clark got the bulk of the minutes. Uh, down low in the front court at the five for the Grizzlies. Um, Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble, fouled out in just 23 minutes. Steven Adams played those four minutes in the second quarter. So the Grizzlies were trying these different combinations and trying to double towns. If the Wolves can just unlock this, do what they did tonight, get him in the middle of the floor more often and make the Grizzlies make those hard decisions where are, you know, are they going to try and double him in the middle of the floor? Late in the game, we saw Vando get a couple of dunks on really good ball movement from Minnesota. Can the Timberwolves continue to do that? What is the Grizzlies counterpunch going to be uh, going into game five in Memphis on, uh, I guess we have to wait till Tuesday. Um, final thoughts, uh, Chalanga, from this game. Hey, I mean, I think it's it's all about the fundamentals, you know, beat the double, swing the ball, find the open shot and and just play smart basketball. Uh, the, the Wolves have a lot of talent and, uh, you know, as long as they keep playing the smart, they keep playing with good pace, they keep finding those good shots. Uh, there's, you know, they could win the series.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a three-game series now. Obviously, two of those games in Memphis, but the Wolves are guaranteed a game six in Minnesota. So they can steal game five like they did in game one. I mean, then they've got the chance to win the series on their home floor next Thursday night. And that's completely on the table. We said this on Tuesday after the debacle, you know, the the ridiculous collapse Tuesday night. Uh, we said, hey, if they win Thursday, then none of this matters because, or excuse me, if they, I'm sorry, Thursday to Saturday, if they win Saturday, none of this matters because it's a brand new series and, and it's easy to forget what happened in the collapse at that point. Um, all right. That's all we have here in the live podcast, live postcast. Of course, Lockdown Wolves will be back on Monday um, and then we'll be back Tuesday following game five. I guess we're on in Memphis Tuesday night, myself and Chalanga. Chalanga is with, of course, the CND NBA podcast and zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, Chalanga. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Ben. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.